Welcome to episode two of Smoothie in the Bib. I'm Michael Charles with my co-host. Oh, that's me. Oh, hello. It's Brian, the Bib. How are you guys? I hope you guys are having a good day. Um, we're just here to talk more basketball with you. You know, this is going to be a basketball episode. There's not much else going on. So we might as well get right into it with talking about the NBA Finals. So we had, what was it, game five on Monday night in Toronto. And uh, Brian, so what are your thoughts? Uh, it was an interesting game. I, I was thinking to my original prediction, I had the Raptors in seven. So I, I guess I wanted them to win because, you know, I'm anti-warrior. But wanted them to lose so we can get that to game seven. Uh, where 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 did you take in this game, Michael? Did you, did you uh, watch this one? I did. Of course, I watched this game. Um, I I was watching it in my room, and I remember the fear that went over me when KD went down. <laughs> and I I missed about like twenty minutes of the game just scouring through Twitter, looking for the actual, like watching videos of the injury, trying to figure out what actually happened. Yes, and I was yes. very sad. And then I, it's actually really sad because. I was watching the game and my stream crashed with like a minute 30 left. So I missed like two shots and I came back and the Warriors were up by one. And I was so confused. The two but biggest shots of the, the two biggest shots of the, of the, of the Warriors dynasty. And I missed Probably. it. Probably. Yeah. But, um, that's unfortunate, but yeah. So honestly, that, that was a really, that was a really interesting game. Not only just for the injury, just like down the, the back and forth. That was, I don't know. It, when KD went out, I wasn't sure how they would respond, and the war and the Raptors made that run, and I and I was I was rooting for the Warriors, um, but I got really nervous just because I didn't know if they could hold on at that point. Yeah, of course. I I think for me the big thing was the timeouts. I mean, there's two timeouts, the two timeout situations there that I which is the other really one really shocked by. Oh, uh, even they're not calling timeout at the end of the game. Not calling a timeout at the end of the game. Uh, so, yeah, so the, I agree. Getting into the first one is. Of course, everyone sees Kawhi going off, and they call the timeout there. I don't. I didn't understand it. Can you? Can you give me what Nick Nurse was thinking there? Because I'm. I have honestly have no idea. And and the weirdest part about it was like, normally when they call a timeout, like and it's planned, they like just run to the to the hash and they call the timeout. But like, yeah, Kawhi was dribbling at the top of the three point line, like initiating the offense, and they just called timeout. It, it was. I don't know. It that was that was a pretty bad timeout. Strange. It was, and they really had momentum. They were, they had a couple of stops in a row, and Kawhi was playing well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was, was the two big threes, right? Yeah. And then didn't they get a turnover on that play? I know they didn't score on it. I'm not sure. I'm not. Sure. I, I not, they definitely didn't on. score. They did but. not score on that play. So that's that was shocking. Kawhi airballed. I think. Oh yes. He took that's the good. fadeaway from like he took a heat check and missed it terribly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. At, no, when no. when I saw the score, bro, when. It when it was what one hundred three ninety seven, with like um, two minutes left and they were up six. Like I thought it was over. Like I really thought it was over. And then Everyone, most people did. Uh, that that was an insane sequence. When Curry hit the first three, I was like, all right, I didn't expect him to hit another hit one. A while. Yeah, and then he came off that screen, pretty good, pretty well contested by Van Fleet, and just drained it. And I was so wow. This is you know this is really Steph's moment. Obviously, but honestly, moment I, as you know, I saw a stat the other day that he's the first player. Like he's one of the he's one of the only three or four players ever to average the stat line he's averaging right now. Like more than thirty, what thirty something a game, 
more than five assists and more than five rebounds. He's one of only four players to ever average that in the finals. Yeah, but you're gonna have empty stats, and you know that. I don't know if they're empty stats though. I don't think that team that team is going nowhere without Steph. No, he's keeping them in the game, but I'm talking about down the stretch. He has not been. What oh no, yeah. I mean, he showed up in Game Five, and he had one big shot, but down the stretch, he he Kawhi took over that game. He did, but that was the only that was the only part of the game that Kawhi really had an imprint on the game. If we're being honest, that little that, stretch. I've also felt that way about Kawhi having sort of these because if he if they win the finals, he's going to be Finals MVP because he's putting up great numbers. But have they always been the most impactful? I don't know. I've bringing it back to LeBron. You almost I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that the image we have of LeBron, but you he, he just kind of dictates a game in a way that I think Kawhi doesn't, or a lot of players don't. So it, so when you see their stats, I think LeBron's stats is harder. Maybe that's just me. But, I mean, I think it's because LeBron – I feel like LeBron is running an offense, and Kawhi fits into an offense well. Mm-hmm. Like, he's an isolation scorer or, like, a knockdown shooter. He's not really a run-the-offense kind of guy. That's fair. Um, So I, his impact isn't as, like, profound because he doesn't have the ball as much. But – I also, And then – What were you going to say? Uh, no, I was going to go – continue. Yeah, I was going to talk about the end of the game, the timeout there. I've, also, yeah. I've always been uh, a bit – uh, you know, hesitant with the whole let them play thing. Yeah, I, I don't. I like don't know that. because for me, if you're an NBA coach. I think that's where, that's got to be where you make your bread. One play, draw something up. Let's get something. I, no, I agree, hundred percent. Like I don't. It depends. Like if you if you can catch them out in transition. Yeah, that's course. one thing. Yeah. Like a long rebound or something, and you just push. Like that's one thing. If you had numbers, but like everyone was behind the ball at that point. So like I don't know. I just feel like when that happens, like you can easily call timeout and get the same look. If you're gonna push a little bit and then just slow down and dribble around looking for a shot, you might as well call timeout and set it up. Yeah. Because okay. you end up in the same position. For me, the- and at least you can create some motion. Because the spacing on that last play was terrible. Oh, of course, it was horrendous. But even going back there, for me, there's there's three, there's like two or three times because they had eight seconds on the clock. So when Kawhi dribbles into that double team. Or what looks like a double team. How much time would left when they got the rebound? I'm pretty sure Kawhi brought it up and I saw eight seconds left or something like that. Okay. So then he he dribbles in and then Iguodala comes to help. Almost like a replay of game one of the finals. Or was it Draymond? But he passes it to Van Vliet at the top with like four seconds. He doesn't call timeout or nobody calls timeout. And then he, he drives into another man, kicks it to Lowry with two seconds left. He doesn't call timeout and he gets he got blocked, right? So I, I don't think I don't know. I think I think if I'm Nick Nurse, I don't know. The initial timeout, I can understand you not calling timeout. Like cause you're in essence, like you're not really drawing up a play in that situation. You're kind of just giving it to your best player and just say, let him win it win this for us. But I think like hindsight is always twenty twenty, of course, but in that moment when you see Kawhi getting trapped, like I think I think about calling the timeout there, but you also put into play. Like, how much time do you have at that moment in time if you call a timeout to actually set up your offense afterwards? You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to have to rush into a play. Uh, yeah, it ends but up also, as a rush shot anyway, though. That's what I'm saying. I'd rather you draw something up and then try to get me a catch and shoot than. I think like the other. Seconds left. I don't know. The other thing was that I think Van Vliet was a little bit hesitant on the swing because he was trying to get it back to Kawhi first. Like, I think if he swung it back to Lowry, like I think like you want Kawhi taking that shot, but at the end of the day, like. If if Lowry gets that ball a split second sooner, he has a pretty good look for the win. Yeah. Like I, like I don't think 
I don't know. I, you want your best player not, taking that shot? Yes, but I'm not. I've never been uh, huge. The best guy has to take has to no, take no, the final no. shot. Maybe in in Jordan days when when it's always Jordan one on one and all the highlights I see. But they're getting you're getting triple teamed in today's NBA. There's four people and coming then, to stop you from taking taking 100%. a hundred percent. So I don't. And the thing. Continue, continue. No, I just I don't think it's if you could have a better play. I I went. When I going back to the finals again because you know Lakers so LeBron, but he just he passes the ball and at first I'm like, what is he doing? But then you look at the play and there's there's three heads on him. He has to pass. He yeah. makes the right play. So, for, and I think Kawhi does that too. He he tried to take up the shot and then he, there was help there, so he kicks it. So I don't think it's a it, bad thing. But I, honestly, I've never really understood that. Like when they rip players for making the right pass. Like I, I just don't think like I think that it's better basketball for for like someone to get an open three like not your best player than your best player to take a, a like a contested fadeaway over two people like that that the the like I was I can't even rip Kawhi because the trap they put on him at the like at like the elbow area was was a pretty solid trap like he couldn't really go anywhere but backwards yeah like he he didn't he couldn't really get to that corner which is his spot to get that fadeaway off like he couldn't really push towards the rim because. They had him on like both sides. Like he had to make that pass. I mean, and no, no. I don't know. I just think once he makes that pass, I think you call timeout and you reset. Personally, whether it's three, four and seconds, co- and you and you try to get something off a of timeout, but that's that's just me. And if you're Kawhi, I think the only thing I fault him in is when he made that pass, he never cut back to the ball. Like he he never came back for the ball. He just kind of just stood, stayed where he was after he passed it. Yeah. Which I think he I think you have to at least show for the ball. And if they make the extra pass, they make the extra pass. But you gotta give them that 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 Getting look. You know option. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if I'm the but if I'm the Raptors, like I still I don't know. I want the Warriors to win. I feel like the series is going seven. You want? The I Raptors think the Raptors. I mean, want the Warriors to win? Why? I don't know. I just I like watching the Warriors how they play without. Like it reminds me of when they when the Splash Brothers were first forming. Like it's just good basketball to watch. Oh, so if and, KD was there, you wouldn't want them to win. But because he's not there, you want them to win. Taking my next bias out of it, yeah. Like, well, no, I don't like regardless of my next bias. Like, I think that I wouldn't with KD there. I don't root for the Warriors. I just think it's not good for the NBA. Like that whole move and everything. Um, even if it's more fair now, it's not even about the dynasty. I would like an organic dynasty is one thing. But adding the best player on the planet to a dynasty, that's like, I don't think that was the best move for basketball. Is the Heat dynasty organic to you? It's more organic than the Warriors is because, like, they decided to join up someplace. Like, they were, they went all, they all made a move together. Like, I don't, I didn't like that either, but I think it's different than having a championship team and the best player in the world joining it. Like, if, 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 like, D Wade, that's like if D Wade and Bosch had already won a championship in Miami and LeBron joined them. Like that's just not a I don't know I don't think it's a good look but everyone I, has their own opinion. I never hated that because they did when you draft three of them. I always felt like you got to give them you know they it's not like the they signed all of them yeah they did draft three of them. No, it's not about the who they have. It's about adding KD to it. It's just not fair. But the, no dynasty is fair. That's not true. You have you have a fair dynasty. That's the most talented team ever put together. Huh? That team, the Warriors, is the most has the most Hall of Fame talent on it that any other team has ever had. 
It's the most Hall of Fame talent on it. Uh, probably. Hundred percent. Yeah. And like I don't know, but I just don't think that's good for the NBA. Dominate. Like they're a dynasty for a reason. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just think that. I think that the Warriors dynasty robbed us of a of a lot. Honestly, robbed like I think it robbed. A lot. As NBA fans, I mean, like, we would have got to see KD for his in a higher role somewhere else, even if he stayed in OKC as like a true greatness. And like, also Steph deferred when he got there. And before, before KD got there, Steph was one of the, was like what the first unanimous MVP ever. Could you not say the same thing about the Bulls dynasty? Remember robbing us of of all those great players in that generation. You can say that about any dynasty, though. No, they didn't because they, they were no because they weren't they weren't on this they weren't sharing a team, is my point. Like you got to you still got to see their individual everyone's individual greatness. Like you saw, what Bird's individual greatness, uh, Jordan, like Patrick Ewing, Elijah Wan, Sean Kemp in Seattle, like Drexler, like everyone was in there had their own like it was like one superstar per team and like well like exception of like Pippen and like Malone and Stockton, but like everyone was like operating on their own with like, they're staying with their teams and like you get to see each individual's greatness as in terms to just like, you can't, you can't appreciate Steph's greatness when he has KD there, or you can't appreciate KD's greatness when he has like Steph and Clay there. Like, I don't know. It just makes you wonder like how much more could they do? I think we you know say that now, but I think in the future, we won't look at it like that because I think the championships are the things that last because while we appreciate like, we can say we appreciated those those guys in, in the Jordan years, but I don't think they were getting the same level of they weren't getting the same level of shine because they weren't winning. So, so oh, that's true. That's for sure. I guess I mean we of course we still have those regular season supers. All the talk was about Giannis. Everybody knew the Warriors were going to win, so no one even cared about it. And we focused on those other individuals, focused on the James Hardens and and the and the Seventy Sixers drama and everything everything in between, but at the end like in history is going to be that was this dynasty's time so i i think that's just how it goes that's fair but moving on um, to game six game six right right yep done. game six at oracle at or the last um, game in oracle the last game in oracle <laughs> that's crazy i don't know that's cool though because after game four there was uncertainty if there'd ever be another game in oracle and now win or lose you know like this is the last game i think that's that's I don't know it's gonna be a cool, Some like aura in the arena. So your prediction is, war especially if they win. I, I don't know, uh, honestly, because there could be so much going on with like, just like the hype of the moment, with like the crowd and like especially coming off the KD injury, yeah. like there can easily be a letdown, and that's what I'm worried about. But I also think that if there's anybody who can, like weather the storm, it's <laughs> the Warriors, three-time champions. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's what I was saying before. I think like, I, it's tough because you really didn't get that much production from Kawhi last game. The Warriors shot like what hit twenty two threes, yeah. which is like almost a finals record, and they win by one. And they were also up by like twelve or thirteen when Katie went yeah, out. And they got it. They got a big contribution from him in the two minutes he played, or however. But we didn't. We didn't talk about Boogie either. Yeah. Boogie played really well. He was supposed to get his first DNP as a pro. And Katie gets hurt. They put him in there, and he played amazing. He really, he really gave them a boost. Quinn Cook hit some big shots. Yeah, I don't know. They got they. I don't know. I think, I think I saw a stat actually that the Warriors might be favorites in the series now. 
favorites in the series now. Oh, yeah, which is that. crazy. I, I like get in Vegas. People are, yeah, line. people are giving them the game at home, essentially. Yeah. So, and then I guess they're taking their pedigree at in Toronto. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised with either outcome. Like, I don't think I'm sticking with my prediction. That's all I'm saying. I'm taking the Warriors. I'm pretty sticking with the Warriors too, but I wouldn't like. I can easily see the Raptors winning either of those games and and, and lifting the crown. Somebody somebody said to me that like uh, that it won't it won't be as impressive or whatever because of all the injuries and everything that the Warriors are going through. Do, do you think do you share that? Was that you? I don't think it was you. Do you share that 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 uh, that that mind state that that because of the injuries that this this championship is somehow less impressive? I don't think. I don't know. For who the, for the, the Raptors? Raptors. If the Raptors were to win it. No, there's there's no asterisks on championships, honestly. Oh, there's no asterisks on championships. I like that, especially for the for city in, of Toronto. For for teams, there's not. For individuals, kind of. Mm-hmm. But for teams, no. Like I think you still have to go through those 82 games, the at least 20 plus games of playoff basketball. You had to beat a team. And That's great. injuries injuries happen at that point, like. Everyone's kind of banged up. Like obviously the Warriors, the Warriors. If I'm the Warriors, like I'm not happy losing, but like it's all completely understandable. Not only just KD, but Kawhi, I mean Clay missed the game, and he's probably he's probably like he's, he's been playing well, but he's probably not 100 no, percent, right? Boogie is not 100, not even close to 100 percent probably. Looney <laughs> is like dying, <laughs> is dying. He's like a fractured like something, and he's still playing. Yeah. And Iggy too, Livingston, like their whole team is hurt. Like they're everyone's battling through it. Um, I don't know. You can't put an asterisk on it though. I don't think. But yeah. But I think I think it's time to address the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. Who is? Kevin Achilles. Oh. Oh wow. wow. That's absolutely terrible. That, but um. <laughs> All right. No. But uh, but all jokes aside though, that. That, that I don't know. That was such a weird moment, seeing that all happen. Seeing that like, it literally took the air right out of the arena. I, of course. And I can't believe they were cheering at first. Like, that's oh, that was... Do you really... You don't think so? I think they did, someone they explained it... They did when he left the arena, but... No, someone explained it well. Like, they said that... I don't think, like, in the heat of the... Like, in hindsight, it's wrong of them. But in the heat of the moment, I they definitely didn't know how severe his injury was. Yeah. But I don't think it's I don't think it's right to cheer for an injured person regardless. But I don't think they knew the severity of it. Like I don't think that's what, like well, that's what that was. But I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts? No, I, the initial cheer is is I'm not saying it's to be expected, but but that's that's a villain. Yeah, that's a villain. And they did applaud him when he was leaving. So yeah, it, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's understandable. But what do you think about KD and his? For for me, it was. The first thing I thought it was the the player team dynamic thing, where the player is always, the player is kind of expected to be loyal to the team, and the team isn't really expected to be loyal to the player. And so I, I thought of that where he was rushing back, and I'm sure there's people in the organization trying to get him back and telling him you can go, and then an injury happens. Although they're saying it's not related or it was related, and all. This, that, and the third, but I find that hard to believe, honestly. Really I, yeah, because obviously, like anything could happen. There's freak injuries, 
But we've seen KD do that crossover a million times. And if there's not micro tears or some kind of partial like tears in the Achilles at that point, yeah. that that simple move is not rupturing your Achilles. Like, I th- I don't know. I, I just feel weird. It just seems a, a little bit weird because, like, reports come out, like Chris Haynes from Yahoo saying, oh, KD wasn't even close to 100%, like, which we figured, right? But we also hear that, like, they're talking, about, they're talking to Steve Kerr after the game. He's talking to Rachel Nichols. And they, like he just kept repeating, like they said he w- they said he couldn't get hurt any worse. They said he couldn't get hurt any worse. Mm-hmm. And like, either like I don't know, someone's responsible. Like, the thing is, people say like have been saying like, like you're an athlete, you're a competitor, like you want to play. Mm-hmm. And like I hundred percent get that. Like I don't blame Kevin Durant because if that's any of us in that situation, like your team is down three one and you know you can make a difference, like in the NBA Finals, you're gonna want to play in that game regardless. Yeah. Right. Of course. But the job, like my point is, is that at the job as first of all as a doctor, is to put, like, to put my interest in you, even if your best interest isn't in your own health. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, but they're team doctors. Like, that's the job of a doctor. They're team doctors. So. Yeah, exactly. So, and I that's why I think that Katie didn't get a second opinion. Because they- I don't think like because I like I said like there's no way that simple move tears his Achilles, and I don't think that if he knew. That that was even remotely a possibility. He would have played. Well, I don't think they they any doctor would break it down as you know one crossover is going to break it. But I'm sure they would. Somebody, some opinion could have told him it is more dangerous or it is more risky. I don't right. know. It's it's a weird one for me. And the player, you're supposed to give everything. You're supposed to do it, do it all. But if they trade you, they trade you. So it's. You know, it's it's yeah. always a weird dynamic for me with the player and and coach and team thing. And if the minute a player looks out for themselves, they're a bad guy, they're a bad person, this, that, and the third. So it, it's and weird th- and strange. I don't know. And the thing is, is that, like, I don't know. It feels like KD, in a way, bought into the narratives that were out about him. Like, all the doubts in the, lo- the Warriors locker room that came out in articles saying that he wasn't trying to get back and, like, he wasn't trying to be ready. And, like, all that talk that he was soft all that and like he kind of bought into it because like i heard today that a lot of the people in his camp and around him were telling him don't play it's not worth it don't play it's not worth it and he was talking to kendrick perkins and he was saying that one of the reasons he was leaning towards playing was to just like shut everybody up basically and like i get that as a competitor and like to defend his reputation but i don't know if that's worth what happened next <laughs> you know i I also don't like I saw like first of all I think Steve Kerr has a small piece of blame in this because they talk about he hasn't played he hasn't like he comes back he had a 3 on 3 practice on Friday it got pushed back Jalen Rose reports that it went terrible like he didn't feel right they didn't think he was ready like he didn't feel good at all all that comes out then without even practicing in a, a real NBA practice they just throw him out into an NBA game with and they're talking about they're gonna play him in short bursts to like ease him into it and stuff. Yeah. And then they play him twelve out of the, fir- the first fourteen minutes <laughs> and just throw him out He's there. He's hot. He's hot. Like I don't I don't know. I just think and like Katie wasn't wearing an ankle brace. He's out there like dunking, like throwing down crazy dunks, dancing like in warmups. Like I don't know. They were treating it like it was a normal game. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just a regular game and like everything was fine. Not like he hadn't played in a month and was playing very hurt. I just don't think – and then after the game with their owner and, like, he's up there, like, pretending to cry. GM. Like, it was Bob Myers, right? Bob Myers, yeah. Up there sniffling, yeah, like, was, no tears coming down his face. Phony. 
phony. It's one of the worst acting jobs. It's ever. so like, and like, someone had okay. Either someone knew and didn't tell and didn't tell Kevin Durant. Either Kevin Durant understood where he was and played anyway, which is like the one where no one can really get blamed because he knew. Yeah, well, that is possible. Or someone, or so yeah, it is. It's hundred percent possible. Or he was completely misdiagnosed. Mm. And either, and if it's one of the first, it's either that the latter or the first option. Someone's getting fired. Like someone has to get fired. But it can easily be placed on a team doctor or or this guy or that guy. It's not going to be one hundred percent. So, but like if KD is disgruntled, like I feel like it'll come out. But who knows how that can? Who knows how that can like mess up their relationship potentially? He came to New York, and he met with the uh, the Brooklyn Nets team doctor because he's very good with like lower body injuries like foot care he worked with him when he had the jones fracture in his foot um and he had a successful search yeah well, he's in new york right surgery, now to the surgery you're oh. right yeah and um yeah and then they have, he said he's ready for his team for game six which i expect nothing less from and let's see how they perform for him but i mean with that being said i guess we can transition into his free agency <laughs> And how it impacts I heard, everything. I heard a lot of people immediately go, a lot of Knicks fans, not a lot of Knicks fans. I heard oh, the Knicks fans I know, a couple of them, immediately go to, why does everything happen to the Knicks? Is that Was that your stance, Mr. N- our, our new local Knicks fan? I mean, <laughs> uh, honestly, initially, selfishly, yes, if we're being honest. Mm. But like a, a little bit more to the night, I was like, Honestly, like it's not even about the Knicks. Like the the NBA just lost one of the best players it's ever had for how long, and we don't know if we're gonna see like what he's gonna be like when he comes back. Yeah. Um, like it was just it was more it was more putting into perspective than the Knicks thing. Like obviously, it just feels like bad things happen to the Knicks, and like that's part of being a Knicks fan. Um, but like for in that moment, like it wasn't it wasn't about the Knicks. It was more about the NBA and KD, and like it just I don't know. It it really changed the image of him in that in the league at least. That he went out there for his team like that. Yeah, life's life. That's just life, though. Like we're here and putting him here, there, third re-signing, and then something crazy, something out of nowhere right. happens. For me, though, I don't think I I was number one of on the if he wins he stays or if he wins he leaves or if he loses with this and I right. thought he had made up his mind. I this was so not a basketball decision to me. It was like he made up his mind before. And it wasn't an, or he's making up his mind. You know, he'll make up his mind and he'll make up his mind. Not anything really having to, you know, what what happened yeah. on the court. And now this happened on the court. So I still, I'm not sure it has, I, I think that holds true still, that he's going to pick somewhere based on what he feels. And I don't think that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, so since we're going to free agency, I've heard a lot of reports from Brian Windhorst, et cetera, saying that he's gonna he's not gonna opt into his contract, which makes a lot of okay. sense. Because um, next year he's he would only make thirty one million. Um, oh. And with on the max, yeah, but on his max that he would sign with, I think any other team besides the maybe even with the Warriors, that initial year is gonna what thirty eight million next year. Um, so I think he's. I think him opting hit no, but it's not even about that. It's the fact that he's coming off an injury, and you don't want to be on a one-year deal basically at that point. Like you want that long-term security blanket, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Um, I've heard that nothing's really changed with that injury. Like I'm pretty, I've heard that all the teams who were interested in him would still offer him that four-year max. 
Um, I know the Knicks were still going to go after him as if nothing changed. And what about like, the I, Nets? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with the Nets. I heard. So while we're talking about the Nets, um, we'll get back to KD. But yeah. Um. So just recently, today actually, like a few minutes Breaking ago. News. Now. What was that? <laughs> it was like the Hot 97 sound. Okay, all right. All right, um, but <laughs> Kyrie, Kyrie left his longtime agent, and he signed with Rock Nation. Um, That's in Brooklyn. Which is, yeah, Jay-Z. So, I mean, a lot of people are pointing the dots to the Nets. But KD's also signed with Rock Nation, so it could be a KD-related thing. I don't know. We'll see. But that does, point, that does bode well for the Nets. I also saw that the Nets are very interested in – Tobias Harris, there's mutual interest there. So maybe that could be the second max they bring in. Yeah. Um, so that could be their second max. Who knows what happens with D'Lo. But, but yeah, that's on the Nets front. But back to KD. Um, I don't know. I think he de- – like, first, I think he deserves that max. Like, the Warriors definitely going to offer him that max first because of what just happened, like, and the whole sequence of events. Yeah. But also because – Yeah, they could pay him and Clay. It just might – it might impact Draymond next year, but since they drafted Draymond, I think they can go over the luxury tax to pay Draymond. Okay. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but, it, it, yeah, they could pay them both. It just might impact Draymond next year. But I don't know. From I think for, like, a team like the Nets or the Clippers, it doesn't make as much sense. I think it really just leaves, the, at this point, the Warriors and the Knicks. Wait, why doesn't it make sense for the Clippers or the Nets? Well, I mean, I think the Nets have – the Nets have – well, I mean, I guess it makes sense for them. But, like, the Nets already have, like, Kyrie lined up, and they might just want to get that second guy, you know, to yeah. just go right into competing this year. Um, the Clippers, I'm not – I don't know. I think the Clippers – The Clippers could – it still makes sense for the Clippers. Yeah, yeah they're in similar positions to the Knicks. I, I, the reason I said it makes sense for the Knicks in a way is because I think that – I think that, like, the opportunities like that to sign a big player like that doesn't come every day. And, like, especially when that player, not just to get them, but they choose to sign with you, mm. you know. Um, I know there's a lot of, like, doubts about his Achilles. But I think, like, I think he'll heal well for a few reasons. Um, like, one, his game isn't very much – like, he's an athletic guy, but his game is not based on just pure athleticism. Like, I think if it was Russell Westbrook or, like, a Derrick Rose type player and he, that happens to an Achilles, you're like, oh, no, because, like, their game is based on athleticism. But at the end of the day, Kevin he's a big- Kevin Durant's a – is a sniper. Yeah, he's set, but he's a, at the end of the day, what do you mean? He's, he's a large human. He is, but he's not a heavy human. That doesn't <laughs> like the that light. The, yes, it it does matter because the lighter you are, the less pressure on your tendons and joints and stuff. Yes, but he's, and like at the end of the, he's still large. Okay, but at the end of the day, he's still seven feet tall and can can shoot it from anywhere. Like that's not going to change whether with an Achilles or not. So. And I think also, like we just saw Kevin Durant score eleven out of twelve point eleven points in twelve minutes in the NBA Finals, with probably like a partially torn Achilles at like sixty percent, <laughs> and he was the best player on the court. Like imagine, even if he's not doesn't come back to his same self, you have eighty percent of Kevin Durant <laughs> is still a top fifteen player in the NBA. Like I, I think it's I think it's worth it. And like you look at the track record for Achilles injuries, people coming back. Like we have Boogie, which is most recent. Um, there's not enough time to tell on Boogie. Like he still averaged seventeen a game. And he's on the Warriors, so I don't know. We'll see. Pointing um, to Kobe and the re-injuring of it. I mean, yeah, but Kobe was 34 when it first happened and pa- on the decline already. 
And at that point, his body was broken down. He's almost in year 20 in the NBA. So that I don't know how much you can attribute to the Achilles as much as it's just wear and tear on his body. Yeah. Um, other examples, I talked about Rudy Gay, which was like a few years ago, I think. And Rudy Gay came back, and he's pretty close to the player he was when he left. Um, they talk about players like Wesley Matthews, but the thing is though, when they talked about these players, none of them were ever, was were even close to the level of KD, right? Mm-hmm. And then they talked about Dominique Wilkins, who was like the success story of an Achilles injury, and he came back and averaged his two career highs back to back. Actually, the first game back, he scored thirty against the Knicks, like this first game back from that Achilles, and like he was he was fine afterwards, and his game was a lot based on athleticism. Um, but I think like you've ne- we've never seen an, an injury like this to someone who's at the top of their game in their prime, you know. But I take my chances that he comes back and he's healthy, or even if he's not healthy, he's like I said, seventy, eighty percent of KD is still top fifteen in the NBA, and that's he'd still be a difference I think maker. The big concern is just the re-injuring of it more than I yeah. think the consensus is that he's he's a seven foot monster. <laughs> He's gonna. He's still gonna be a simple monster, but right. You never know. We're just bodies yeah. healing and injury that that major. That what can go wrong? What's gonna happen? So right. That's and that's the thing. Like uh, the Knicks and stuff we're talking about, and teams we're talking about, like similar to Joel Embiid, how you put the injury clause in his contract. But I don't think if KD can, if anyone offers Kate, like if the Warriors offer KD a non-injury like clause contract, he's taking it. So. I don't think that's smart for teams who want to get KD. And, like, I don't know. I think from – if you're talking about it for as, like, maybe for the Knicks or, like, the Clippers or even the Nets, too, uh, hypothetically. Like, if they do go that route and they do are lucky enough to sign KD, like, KD gets to sit out a year and your young players get to really develop with the pressure off for a year. Mm-hmm. Like, which is something – especially for the Knicks, whose, whose, talent is, whose young talent is very raw and young. Like, I think another year for Dennis Smith and a first year for RJ and another year for Knox and Trier and Mitchell Robinson could be could go a long way. Like, same thing for if they keep D'Lo, who knows, but, like, probably not in that scenario. But, like, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, Landry Shamit with the Clippers. Like, ex- like you go down the line. Um, I just think, like, it could be all beneficial for those teams to be able to develop their young players, but knowing that they have, you know, like, Katie's coming back like, next year, you know? To groom them. Speak, speaking so of young know. players, I know we flipped. We're gonna flip. I'm going for a topic flip here, but let's talk. Let's get into some young core talk. Young core some talk. Young All right, so in K- the NBA because you listed a lot of the the up and coming young players in the league, and obviously right. we have a draft coming up. But who who do you have a ranking on your your young cores in the NBA? Um, I do actually. Um, on hand? How how did you? How'd you manage that? on hand <laughs> off the top of my head? Oh, yeah. I, if we're if we're if we're being honest, did you write down mine or do I have to go back and look? I did not write down yours from pre-production. Uh, we're letting them into pre-production, guys. Our Some pre-production. Uh, um, yeah, I think I don't I'm know. Sure you had I think Lakers it just at one. No, no, I did have the Lakers at one. Um, I think I I don't know. I just think when you're t- ranking young cores, it's all based on like how much you balance certain talents, but it's also important the chemistry that they have together. So if I'm ranking mine, like I said, I said one would be the Lakers, meaning Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, um, Mo, Wagner. and they have the four, and they have <laughs> Mo Wagner, of course. 
Contavious Caldwell. Po- okay. Yeah, no. Nah. But they had, they also have the fourth pick. But as we know, and we'll get into it in a little bit, those assets soon might be the the New Orleans Pelicans' young assets. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. Um, and then number two, I have the Celtics. Um, if we're looking at talking about the Celtics, we're taking into account a few factors. We have Tatum, who I think is probably one of the best, if not the best, young players in the NBA. Um, Jalen Brown, who showed flashes, getting better, becoming better as a shooter and a scorer. Uh, Rozier, even though he's restricted and doesn't seem like he really wants to be there, if Kyrie, I think if, if he, Kyrie leaves, he wants to be there. I think so. I think that's fair to say. Um, and they they have the ability to just match any offer and keep him anyway. They have a ton. So we'll see. Draft capital. Yeah, and that's the other that thing. That much as the media has been saying. No, because a lot of them got messed up with like the. Like Mem- they had Memphis's pick, but Memphis's top eight protected, and then the other they have three picks now. I think they have fourteen. I'm not sure. They have three picks in the first round, though. I think they can do so. That's but that yeah. But that that I don't think it's the level that people have made it out to be as. Well, we didn't predict Memphis to yeah because they had Gasol and Conley. You didn't expect them to be top to 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 lose that pick like that. Um, but those they still have three picks. And there, and we'll get to the AD trade in a minute, so I'll just save that. But adding those potential three draft picks to that core could be great for that team. Um, third, who did I have third? Hmm. I think I had the Chicago Bulls. I did have the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls. Um, I saw flashes last year from Zach Levine. Arguably, could have been most in the most improved player race. They gave him that uh that offer when he. Was, came off that injury and it, it paid dividends for them last year. Was making what four years, eighty million maybe, yeah, twenty million years. I mean, it, it paid off. It paid off well so far. It's great. Um, he had a great season. Marketing is able to stretch the floor, get to the rim. He's played very well. They got Otto Porter, who played very well for them down the stretch after the trade from the Wizards. He's still what fourth year maybe, fifth year. Uh, Wendell Carter played well. I think if they could just find a part, a point guard in this draft, maybe like Darius Garland, that's a very good, solid young team. What pick do they have? I don't remember. They're seven. Yeah. Okay. They were interested in actually trading that pick for Lonzo at one point, but I guess it didn't work out. They were actually one of the teams that New Orleans was talking to in that three-team deal, but like we said, that didn't really end up going through. Um, You're at three, then, four. Four, I have my my New York Knickerbockers. My New York Knickerbockers. The New York Knickerbockers. Wow. Um, I think it's not as much individual like talent. It's more it's just of your New York bias. <laughs> it's not a New York bias. I have them at four. Like, I don't know. I think they're they're they have a the the reason I have them there is because not because they have like one standout talent like a Tatum. Or like an a Kuzma, you know what I'm saying, or a Levine, but they have an influx of a lot of young players who played well, showed flashes, and like continue to develop. So we're talking Dennis Smith, who had what the highest he had he scored 30 in a game, and he was like the highest Knicks, like the youngest Knicks player to do that in a while. Kevin Knox showed flashes. Trier showed played really well for an undrafted rookie. Like he didn't even look like a rookie out there sometimes. Mitchell Robinson. They still have Neil Aquina, like Dotson. They 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 all have played well. Um, obviously, that's p- possible for me to overrate these players because yes. my bias. But I also, I th- I feel like wa- watching them play every night 
it's something that not not a lot of people would watch a 17 win team play every night and to see like to see what they did i was like normally there's a lot of times i've seen rookies play for the knicks and they were just like all right like why do we draft these guys but like i actually seen flashes from these guys so that was good and then the fifth team i have oh well going back to the knicks for a second like and plus the addition of rj barrett potentially makes that core even better um and then five i have the atlanta hawks um trey young Started off slow, but had an amazing end of the year. Even almost caught Luka in the rookie of the year race. Um, John Collins put up 19 and 10. We already knew about his athleticism, but he started to knock down shots more consistently. And then there's their other rookie, Kevin Herter from Maryland. Shot very well. Played played very well. Um, and I think like they they are could be a very surprised team next year in the East. Um, because they have what the eighth, tenth, and seventeenth pick in this draft, which three, two top ten players, and what three in the top seventeen? That you can add three pretty decent players to your roster there. Um, so that's a, a team to watch out for next year. But yeah, that's my top five. So to recap, I have the Los Angeles Lakers at one, the Boston Celtics, the Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, and the Atlanta Hawks. But those are my five. What about you, Brian? Weird. We've never been more further apart here. <laughs> Knicks aren't even in my top seven. I I figured they wouldn't be. No, they're, but... they're, they're seven. Uh, the Hawks okay. are a really good shout. I think uh, I had the Hawks at six. Had had the Hawks tied with the Suns actually at at five. The Suns, something like that. Uh, I going going up up the ladder. I had the, those two tied, and. When you obviously you know you have the scoring of of Devin Booker, you have what DeAndre Ayton can become. So looking at those, that's what I immediately thought of when I. When you have them at five. I have them at five, yeah. But the Hawks yeah. are equally as good, and I would say they're equally as good. And and having, uh, I really value the point guard position as most people do. So think having Trey Young there gives them a I, I'm moving up to five gives them a boost I think they're fine <laughs> you convinced me Michael four I had the 76ers if we're kind of calling them a young core with just Joel and Simmons being just that's that's enough for me I don't think you need four or five six players that have potential when you got the two great players you got right there for me I think those are two oh. cornerstone pieces of a franchise personally See, I don't even honestly. They, no, I guess no. That's definitely a good point. I didn't really consider them as superstars. I, I no, 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 hold on. I consider them more like superstars in young. a way. No, they are young, of course. I mean, that is their young core. But like, I don't know. I was talking about more players like that are like prime to make that next step. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, so I definitely, I, 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 I feel like they've already kind of arrived in a sense. They have, but I think they can make that next step though. No, no, yeah, that's definitely a good point. I, 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 I like that pick. That was four. And then three, I have the Lakers, mm-hmm. which I'll look a little like his bias, but, you know, whatever. But Lon, having Lon, – I think Lonzo and Simmons have similar potentials just because Lonzo has shown even a willingness to shoot a basketball. That ben, he actually shot the ball pretty well he last year. He shot the ball pretty well last year. A lot of people – not from the free throw line. He's god-awful. No, no, no. But – he he's improving. He's improving from three, and he didn't have an off season. We talked about. I'm pretty sure we talked about this last time. But so that that was it. I love Kyle Kuzma. That's 
full-on Lakers bias. Just letting it out there. I, I love <laughs> me some Kyle Kuzma. But he does play well. I love his hook shots, his variations. I think he has more room to grow. I understand that he was a senior for three years. I don't remember. I understand he's older. He's, what, 22, 23? I understand that, but he can still improve. There was an NBA before one and Duns, and players came to him <laughs> so it's possible to improve. So I didn't say he wouldn't improve. Brandon, I never said I didn't, that. I know, but a lot of people just make it I, seem like if you're not a one and done, you're literally your development has stopped. Like, why are you even here? This man's throwing subs at me directly. In no, front of it's my face. not at you. It's at this man just it's threw a ninety a, mile an hour fastball right in my head. People, and then we have Brandon Ingram. Josh Hart is a good three and D guy. I think uh, he's, he he can fit in. He's a good player to have in your squad. And then Brandon Ingram. You know, he's just up and down, really consistent. But when he plays well, he plays well. And you see the possibilities defensively, offensively, and defensively, and playmaking-wise. We've seen him run point. We've seen him ISO. He also, he's kind of been able to shoot the ball not well. So he has, he can improve in that. He has a beautiful pull-up jumper. Every time you see this man, he's either backing backing someone down in the post, shooting a fadeaway, or taking a pull-up jumper. And it's great. <laughs> um, so I had them at three. Two, I had the Kings. I had the Kings. There was a big debacle with you know Lonzo, Darren Fox trade. I had I, while I think Lonzo, I think they have similar potentials. I think Darren Fox has proven, has shown me more. That's why they're up there at two. Buddy Heald, I know he's twenty six, but yeah, he's only he was drafted twenty sixteen. Oh, no, he's young. Yeah, he's, he's twenty six, yeah. but I think he counts. He's a great shooter. They got what. I always mess up the Bondanoviches, but they got Boban or whatever. Which one is it? Bogdan? Bo- Bogdan, right? Bo- I don't know. Uh, I don't they have know. the, he's they good, have though. the he's European good, though. shooter. And- Whoever that man is, he's good. It's either <laughs> yes. Bob. Bo- Bo- uh, I'm going to go And then they have Bagley, of course. So I think that's a solid team. They were pushing for that eight seed. Um, They weren't. They haven't been as injury prone as the Lakers won. They have a great point guard in De'Aaron Fox. Just uh, he's I I love De'Aaron Fox. I love me some De'Aaron Fox. So that that name was uh, Serbian national Bogdan Bogdanovic. Thank you. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. They call him Bogey. Um, if you don't love that, you don't love. Right. Come on, you don't love. Me. You don't love Kings basketball. <laughs> Greatest call ever. Oh, what's it called? He he also he um he won uh. The MVP in the Rising Stars Challenge last year. Not this season, the season okay, before. Yeah, he can play. He can play. They have he can they shoot. have good shooters. They're improving. They're talking about building chemistry. They got a big and Bagley who we'll see how he develops. So I like them. And then number one for me, which I don't know how you left it's blasphemous that you left off. <laughs> who, who am I thinking of? Do do you know? Maybe maybe the, the man. maybe they fall off your fell off your your list because like you said they're more established. Wait, hold on, don't let me. I'm give you give you ten seconds. Peep. Maybe hold on. <laughs> All right. One guess is Denver. Yes, it's Denver. How how okay. how have you left Denver off? Because because they're established, but they're all young. They're all under. They're 25. not established. Yeah, but no one, no, no one really. Okay, we have Jamal Murray, of course, who is literally my twin. Okay, and <laughs> one of my favorite players in the NBA. They got a young, and you have you got Jokic, everything I need. You got a young point guard. You got a good player. On the a way young, light skinned point oh guard with a nice goatee. Yes. yes, 
got you got uh Gary Harris, he's a good player. And then you got oh, you got yeah. a impressive big in Jokic who I think has has just incredible potential. And I still don't even think this man no, has right. started yeah. trying to play this game yet. I I don't, I don't yeah. even know how much this man cares <laughs> right now. And this is this man has Ivan ate one salad. <laughs> no numbers one. he's putting up. So and they also they have, have Michael, Michael Porter, Porter coming back. Coming back, and we, yeah. I don't know if I would have taken that risk because I think they just need one solid wing, and I don't know if I would have went for the total boomer bust that is Michael Porter, but he's there, and that that is for me that's a huge franchise that's up and coming, and they've proven it on the court already. I don't know. I I think I think you were you know you were in that potential mindset, so you just skipped them out. Which yeah, I understand, yeah. but. Yeah, no, no, I that's definitely you made a, you had a great list. I think both of our lists are pretty good. The Knicks, I I just don't value their 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 I don't value their their uh, young talent as highly as when I mean, RJ comes in and we see what he does in the league, I probably will change. But I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Kevin Knox looks like How? Brandon Ingram to me. Seems similar to me at least. I'm gonna compare their rookie year stats. Just out of Brandon Ingram had a horrendous rookie year. So not he not horrendous. I think he had. I just I think that there's a few factors that need to be taken into account in terms of that. Not not to call you out, but how many Knicks games did you watch this year? Uh, a couple. My sweetmate's a sweetmate's a Knicks fan, and he uh, had the Knicks on all the time. I don't know. I he just did think uh, Kevin Knox is, was very raw when he was drafted. I saw him in spurts and burts, and I saw him getting subbed out in the second half of games and, and things of that nature. I didn't get to take in his full grace. When what point of the season was that in? I don't remember. All through, I because er- would watch games when I I never saw him jump off the screen. Is my thing. I never saw him do that, so that was why I have this sort of negative opinion on him. But I understand what, that he can grow into something, but. I never saw him do it for me when I was looking at a Knicks game, the 10 or 15 or 20 I watched or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, though, he was a project. And, like, I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be, like, this amazing player. But I think, like, he showed flashes enough for me at 18 to say that there's definitely a base here that you can build from as his body develops and he gets smarter, especially because he was so young and so underdeveloped physically. I heard all these things about like Brandon Ingram. Sh- That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but Brandon, he was young. He's younger than Brandon Ingram was. Yeah, I understand that, but it was still, you know, that's what I, I immediately thought of Brandon Ingram. And Ingram's a good, solid, I mean, yeah, that's solid fair. NBA player, though. So I, that's fair. But I think he's one, and then the Lakers have two up in Lonzo and, and Kuzma. And Josh. Um, for sure. I mean, we have Trier had a great, before he got hurt at the end of the year, he was. I think Trier and Hart are a wash. No. No, I, I don't think so. I think I know he I know he can score a little bit better, but Josh he can create a lot. He can create a shot a lot better than Hart and can. Hart can defend a lot better than him. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah, uh, Josh Hart defends. Josh Hart's a very good defender, but you're making the assumption you're making the assumption that Alonzo Trier is not a good defender. He's not a good. He's a good defender. He's a pretty good defender. Yeah. Who was the bad defender on the team? I forget. I, Who? I, Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox? <laughs> and, Emmanuel, 
Yeah, Kevin Knox is a bad defender. Right. Like he's good on ball. He gets lost a lot. But um, Moutier was awful. But I'm not talking about that guy ever again. Oh, I you know I what I was, that thinking, I was thinking of uh, Dotson, who's the defensive stopper, right? Dotson's a very good defender. I got it mixed yeah. up. But instead of having a defensive stopper, I thought they had a weak defensive link. My bad. Continue. Um, but to com- to compare stats, for so this year Knox averaged 12.8 a game and five rebounds. And for reference. Ingram averaged nine points and four rebounds. Ingram shot twenty nine percent from oh three. <laughs> Knox shot thirty thirty five percent. He was up near forty for the first half of the season too. Um, forty percent from the field for Ingram, thirty seven for Knox. He, but he took a lot of shots. I don't know. I think they're, they have they're different games. You could, I see the similarities. Yeah, that, they do have different games. Knox is a lot better of a shooter, but Ingram is length in like the mid range is a lot better. But Kevin Knox has a really good floater. Like for someone his size, I don't know. I just he showed like he showed me in different points in the season that he can score from all three levels. I think like around the rim and mid range, like Ingram definitely has that advantage 100. percent Um, but I think Kevin Knox has showed like the ability to shoot the ball in a pretty high volume. Uh, I just think he works on his body. I think he, we'll see. We'll see how this year goes. But then Trier had a great season. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was the steal. Was probably the steal of the draft this year. I love Mitchell Robinson. I mean, I love. Exactly I love Mitchell Robinson one. pre-draft. I loved him. I wanted the Lakers to draft. The Lakers were yeah, looking at him. Yeah. And, uh, I'm happy with the draft. He had <laughs> what, what, almost. He was. He almost got first in the league in blocks in 20 minutes a game. Uh, he missed. He actually made. He wait. This is the last time we're talking about Mitchell Robinson stats. Yeah. This is two episodes. He blocked. He blocked more shots than he missed. Okay. Or something like that. That's I don't know. Something crazy. Stat. Like he he actually had like a seventy percent field goal percentage because all he can do is dunk the basketball right now. So <laughs> let's, let's see if he comes back with any other part part of his game next year. But I mean, yeah. That, and now that we've I mean, started, I mean, wait, what were you going to say? The last one I was going to talk about, sure. He shot 45 from the field, 40 from three, and 80 from the line, which is really impressive for a rookie. And how many minutes? Um, um, that's a great question. He he played minutes per game. It doesn't really say. It doesn't say, but he wasn't getting that much yeah. burn. Oh, 20, 22 minutes a game. That's so a, decent burn. Yeah. But those are pretty good, like, efficiency clips for a rookie. Um, but now that we talked about all those young players. Let's talk about rating them all the way. <laughs> let's talk about throwing them, putting them all in a bag, and sending them to New Orleans yeah. for the Unibrow, man. Of course. Of course. Okay, yeah. can, can how I understand, I remember last pod we were talking, and you were talking about how you want to keep that core intact. Right. Uh, is can you give me what your thoughts are on that like in in whole in totally because i i i'm in that camp of try to keep your young pieces try to keep your young pieces but i am totally on the boat of if a big guy a big name is out there a superstar is out there you ship them away because in this this league is a superstars league and one player has a incredible impact on the team so i would snap my fingers and get rid of all all of those <laughs> for Anthony Davis. All these as fools. much as I love Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma, I love them with all my heart and soul. They're growing up as Lakers, and I love them. I'd probably do it. I really want to keep one of them, but if you told me all three, I'd probably do it too. 
I, the thing, it just depends on, if you're talking in generality, like I agree in generality, it just depends on the circumstance of the team, honestly. The Lakers and the Knicks are in two different spots in this Anthony Davis trade. Yeah. Um, the Lakers, I say, yeah, it sucks seeing all those young players go because you create an emotional bond to them and you see them develop, especially after three years. But you already you have LeBron James at age 35, and you and he coming up his first injury, like you don't know how long he's able to sustain his level of play. Like I think he'll come back and play great. This is like the most rest he's had in years. Yeah. But like you're on you're on the clock at this point with LeBron. And if you keep one of those young pieces, you have AD and a, 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 a you have a third you have score. a championship AD. Or or KAD who's been under LeBron's tutelage. How do you pronounce that? Tutelage. Tutelage. Thank you, Michael. See, that's why I need you here. LeBron. (laughs) I wanted you to fill. Okay. Uh, Tutelage. 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 He's going to have that championship (laughs) know-how, hopefully, or at least deep playoff know-how. Then you keep one of those young pieces. You have another one of those young pieces to be paired with him. So, I that's what I'm looking at, and and all the news was that it's just the Celtics and Lakers right now, and they're looking for a right. third team to to uh, facilitate the trade because uh, they want uh, they need a, they want an all star. Yeah, How do you think Levine fits into that? Uh, not as an all star, Zach, Zach Levine, because with them wanting Lonzo, I was thinking what I, I was thinking was Lonzo to the Bulls, which I think would be better than having. Lonzo there and having Lavar scream and shout and have to deal with that whole. <laughs> I think he might be okay with the Bulls. If he goes Lonzo to the Lonzo to the Bulls, Levine comes over, and I guess if you want done, you can have done. Apparently, they said uh, the Bulls said it was Markinen and Carter are the only untouchables, and everyone else they don't really care about. So if that's if you know if we're going off that, if you want done or whoever else is on the Bulls, I'm not sure about the Bulls young roster um and then i know he's not he's not that uh what's it called i know he's not um all-star quite all-star level but if you're getting back he's pretty close pelicans get him on a good get him on a good contract you're getting probably ingram and then if you get picks four and seven i think that's a pretty pretty solid solid offer if you have it and then the lakers the rumor was lakers are trying to keep kuzma which i'm sure they're trying to keep yeah but if you can get, I don't know. I think Levine and Ingram and, and four and seven, I right. think that's, that's pretty solid to me. But, you know, the Pelicans are in a tough spot. And what are the Celtics really going to offer? Jalen Brown and picks? I. So from what I'm hearing about on the Bulls front is that they were trying to be that third team. Yes. Oh, they're in this yeah. trade. I thought this was last year. No, this is they were in talks for this okay. trade as well. Um, to be involved in that trade, I think things fell through. So, I guess either New Orleans wasn't thrilled with it. I heard that third team is the Wizards. So I'm assuming Bradley Beal involves goes ends up going somewhere. Maybe New Orleans, because I can't imagine the Lakers getting AD and Beal. I don't know how that would work out. Um, I think if you put Kuzma in and you get Beal back out of it, if you have to throw in Kuzma and you get Beal, I would do it. But a whole young That's just me. gone. Yeah, but then, then you have the thing is about that is you'll have when LeBron's gone, you'll have AD like reaching his prime, which is yeah. always like, a no brainer. Big needs a guard. What if we keep Lonzo? <laughs> I don't know. Lonzo's like Lonzo's like their top, their top, their top asset. Is he really? really? 
I think like he's he's the player who's the youngest, the most athletic, the best defender, and has the most potential. It's just he hasn't like been put in a like he hasn't got the opportunity to with injuries and stuff to put it together. Like I think he has I think he has the highest ceiling out of everybody to, to impact a basketball game. Like he's already an elite defender at his position. He's yeah. he we've seen his playmaking potential. His shot started falling. If he just if he just starts putting a, a few more pieces together on offense, like you're looking at a a, a special player, I think, honestly. That's why we need to keep him. I really I, know, I you, you as oh it's only for AD, and I, I, I close my eyes when I say it to trade him, but I really love this young core. I think they have no, I think they, they have potential. But AD, but they do. Kuzma's already given it gets 20 low. points. Ingram's given almost yeah. 20 points. Uh, and they've all been hurt at some point in stages. I, I don't know. They were in the fourth seed. This is my Lakers time now. They were the fourth seed, man. <laughs> Keep them together. Let's go no. again. They had a horrendous coach. I don't know, man. It it gets lost though in this like teams not wanting to trade their young pieces for like just how good Anthony Davis yeah. is. I mean, I've had my doubts about him because he hasn't really equated to winning, even when he had a little bit of help. He'll, he'll but he's also in the West, so it's <laughs> no, I no, I agree, I agree, one hundred percent. Um, but this is why the KD trade, the KD injury was even bigger than just the Warriors and his free agency. Like the Knicks were actually very interested in trading for him, even for AD, even if the Pelicans were not too fond of their assets, like they were interested in it. And now like it, it, first the Knicks were saying they, they're kind of backing out because they don't want to put all those assets into a trade. Um, like, and have a repeat of the mellow deal. Um, but now, especially cause we don't know what's gonna happen with KD. Like there's more of a question mark around KD. They like that. The whole idea was kind of for the Knicks to trade for AD because they know he would sign there, but also to lure KD in. And then they would, like, to attract each, like, I guess, like, my point, like, the second AD wouldn't sign without another star. Yeah, AD wouldn't sign without a star. And then, but once he's there, KD, it'll make KD more comfortable. And it'll make, and KD coming will make AD comfortable enough to sign. Um, But now that's out the window. So now it became, I thought it was just the Lakers. But now I'm hearing the Celtics, yeah. which would consist of probably those first-round picks from this year. Tatum and Brown. But is that even Tatum? I think that's the only thing that they have. I thought Rich Paul was very clear that if they trade for him, it's it's a one-year run. Right. So I don't know why they would do that. Honestly, I, maybe it's a ploy to try to get Kyrie to stay with this whole KD thing in flux. But I don't know how that would work because I just think, like, you have Tatum. I don't know. As, as me not liking the Celtics, <laughs> I would love for them to trade for him, and then he walks next yeah. year, and they have – literally nothing less but I, I don't i don't think they put Danny, i don't know Danny what their plan is. is i i don't think they put tatum in that deal if they and if they don't put tatum in that deal they don't really That's have a deal I'm, to yeah, offer I think the lakers all. have the best deal at this point 100 percent. it's just best. finding it's just making that third team work i don't they need an all-star level player that's that's right. a real reach to get i don't know yeah an that's weird that's Maybe as we get closer to the trade deadline, something happens. But they wanted it before the they wanted it pre-draft. So how does that work out? Yeah, like it's soon. I don't I don't know what their rush is exactly. I guess if they're they're assuming that they're gonna get a lot of picks so they can figure out who they want to take and where, is my thinking. I don't know. I just I'm just very excited to see what. To I think New Orleans is gonna be a great team to watch next year, no matter 
which combination of young players they get in return for AD. To watch next year or for the future? If you think about it, if they get that Lakers package, you're talking about next season, a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion, and whoever they put at center. I'm forgetting. First. I I, I forgot Zion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I, I think like... That that could be a very interesting team to as watch. As interesting um, as I think there is, I don't know how many wins that team gets. And that's tough. That's I don't know, tough. but it's always about wins. Like those Lakers teams when Ingram and D'Lo first got drafted, like they weren't equating to wins, but they were fun it, to watch. Like they were competitive. Yeah, but I think that's it's different when it's the Lakers or the Knicks, and it's they're fun and they got a young core, and maybe these guys are going to be something. And it's different when it's the Pelicans and they're in the Smoothie Center. Smoothie. That's not true so. necessarily because Sacramento. Sacramento, a lot, a lot of – we like them. We like to talk about them. How many people – they also play a really interesting brand of basketball. I guess you're right. But uh, that's true. I still don't I think, think it's to I the think... level. They, like that first year, they weren't – they had a lot of those similar pieces, right? But they weren't – until they started winning games and then, you know, it turned into wins and that's when we started looking at them. So right. it's all when you ever get into those, those you got to be a lot better in those smaller markets. That That's it. You know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. weird. And scrolling through Twitter right now, I'm seeing that my source is confirmed. Um, smooth, not my smoothie yeah. blast. <laughs> blender blast. Wow. Oh my God. Blender Old blast. Rob, blender what what up? No. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I could trademark it. Um, what I what I'm seeing is that apparently with in terms of like the Knicks and the Nets, like K, KD's injury doesn't change anything. <laughs> they're both going they're both going full speed ahead for KD and Kyrie. Yeah. And like I guess it makes sense. I mean, we'll just really see how it all turns out. I don't I still don't see. We've argued enough about it. I don't see KD in Brooklyn. Huh. I think it's a possibility. It's always on the board, but I don't think it makes as much sense as the Knicks do. But it, it's always up to him. Yeah. Um. I also heard a report. Like I don't want to go too much next, but you you do. Chris Carter. What you do? I don't. I actually don't. <laughs> what you do? I sa- I sadly don't. I sadly don't. I sadly don't. Um, Chris Carter, who's who's very close to uh, Kawhi Leonard in his camp, was reporting earlier this week that the Knicks are definitely getting a meeting with Kawhi. Like I've heard that the Knicks are aggressively pursuing him, but I never thought that would be an option. But he's very close with um, Kawhi. And he was talking about, um, like, he's been right about his predictions regarding Kawhi in the past. And he was saying how, like, the Knicks will definitely get a meeting with him. And, like, it's a possibility of him even coming with KD to the Knicks. And I never thought about it before, but just to put that out there, that's something I've heard. I know, like, I've talked, I was talking to a, a mutual friend of ours about it. And his first reaction was, um, I mean, Chris Carter, the one who's on crack. And I was like, okay. I was like, I, I understand, but. <laughs> He was right last time. So if that's an odd possibility, that'd be cool. I'm um, just putting it out there. He said that the odds of that happening are not like – I didn't think he would make it seem like it's like going to happen, but he said the odds are a lot higher than people think. So where, just something to – I think Kawhi is so, so interesting about where he goes. He's very there's interesting. just a plethora of options. And if Toronto wins the championship, I'm sure he could walk away from it. But if he does like the city – we have no idea what's going on up north. No idea. You don't. I don't know. Yeah. I think I feel like Kawhi's one of those guys who's really just all about basketball. Yeah. 
which is admirable in this day and age. Um, but it's also like it could go either way. You never know. It could be just straight up like you traded me here to win. I won. Now I can leave. Yeah. Or now we won and I could we let's run it back. Or we lost, let's run it back. Or we lost, I tried and let's go. It really it. I don't know. And like I don't even know what Kawhi is thinking because like remember when he when he first requested a trade, his teams that on his list were the New York teams and the and the LA teams. Yeah. Like that, but that was coming from his team and like his uncle for like branding. Yeah, but you don't, we don't know what he likes, what his interests are, like what he's thinking about not off the court, you know, like in terms of business, like you don't, you really don't know. So like hearing that, hearing the Knicks in there and then him saying, Chris Carter saying that, um, I don't know. Cause you really don't know. So I guess any avenue is really open. Um, but while we're on Kawhi, I want to bring back, to tie back to one thing. So today we were talking about, well, not today. Um, but I was listening to a, a, a YouTube video with, um, from undisputed with Skip and Shannon. And they were talking about, like, comparing the KD situation to the Kawhi situation in San, in San Antonio. Not trust and, like, you know how Skip Bayless feels. Like, Skip Bayless feels that Kawhi wasn't hurt and he sold out on his yeah. team, which I think is nonsense. Like, I don't know. I just think, like, the decision should always be in the hands of the player. I, I It is always, but there's outside pressure and and you know pushing always as much as it is in their decision you know it's their their decision you're going to get that push and there's going to be a natural inclination right. with with looking when when you're in that meeting room and and you're looking and coaches game planning and you're not there like you want to be there and everybody's looking at you like come you want to get out there for your team regardless so, right. and like i i don't know i don't like the narrative like like he made it seem like he just didn't want to play for the Spurs anymore, but he literally had no reason to be to I feel mean, that way about the Spurs before. Skip is really the only one peddling this, and he's a diehard yeah. Spurs fan. He hasn't. He won't yeah, even he say his name. So, it's ridiculous. Skip, is, just, Skip like, is funny. He he know he. To be fair to him, as someone who watches Undisputed, he does. He is generally. Kind like relatively objective, but when it is things he he loves or it's things that yeah. threaten his sort of beliefs, then he can go kind of crazy or his teams. So yeah, I, I it's a weird one. Yeah, just in I think Kawhi's one was just a total relationship one. It was y'all don't trust me and I don't trust you. So if there's no trust here, what what am I doing? That's any relationship right. though. So. Right. Um. But yeah, I was just in light of what happened with Kevin Durant. I just wanted to touch base upon like that whole dynamic of players and like interacting with their team doctors. Um, but we're we're winding down here. There's a few things I want to touch on. So for you hockey fans out there, Game Seven Stanley Cup Finals today, the blue the St. Louis Blues are beating the Boston Bruins two nothing in the second period. So it looks like St. Louis is going to get a win the Stanley oh, Cup. All I right, that is four a ginormous jinx. But okay. I don't. <laughs> I don't care if I jinx that sport. I want to get into hockey. Someone I teach really me, know. please. Hockey. I, I like hockey. I like honestly. soccer. Like, I used to watch the Rangers in the playoffs. On, what hockey? Soccer no, it's and I love it. I think it's a very hard sport. Oh, a very hard sport. level of difficulties immense. Anytime I'm off um, the natural earth, something's going. Something crazy is happening. <laughs> when I'm on a foreign That's substance, a terrain. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes. But the, the final thing I want to touch upon, I don't know, did you – have you seen, like, the a lot of the arguments in baseball this year about let the kids play and all the celebrations in baseball? Let the kids play. I believe I saw a couple commercials for it. So the, the whole idea for the MLB this year has been trying to get, like, people interested in kids, the sport. Yes. Um, kids, younger kids, as – People don't find it fun to watch hours people throw hours. pitches for four hours straight. Are you? I couldn't imagine are you, why. Are you, are you for the pitch clock? The, the, I, I mean, anything to speed up the game, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think that you're going to have a group of fans who love the game regardless. So I don't think you should cater to make it more publicly appeasing because if you're compromising some aspects of the game, like the gamesmanship of it, but I feel like that change will make a big deal. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying, like, they're talking about – so their whole slogan is let the kids play. It means, like, let them show emotion. They're, they're just talking baseball about the unwritten rules. Like, if you hit a home run, don't celebrate. Just run the bases, like, like calmly. Like, I, I don't understand I, that. Yeah, you're like, you always – How can a pitch – I hit one home run, and I ran as fast as I can because <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't. I didn't want to be out there with people watching me. I ran as fast oh, yes. as I could with my lone home run. Oh yes. But um, I, I don't know. The whole thing is that pitchers. Player. Come on now. You're oh, too modest. Oh, no, He's a this... young Jeter. <laughs> Did you play second or short? I forget. I played second hey, base. I was wrong. He's a... I I wanted my hardest to play shortstop, but they he said uh, no. They didn't allow me. They did not. So. <laughs> anyway, but. The whole tagline is let the kids play. And, like, I don't understand it. Like, they're not supposed to show emotion when they hit a home run. Like, I, I, if you're a pitcher and you throw a pitch and some dude hits it to the moon, <laughs> you should be you shouldn't be mad at anybody but yourself. <laughs> like, there's no reason to be to take out your anger because you just got lit up on the batter. Um, like, we saw, like, Tim Anderson, like, hit a home run and literally threw his bat, like, full speed at the dugout. Started to fight. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. Like they want these guys to be robots. Like, like let like the unwritten rules of baseball, like to be respectful. Like it's sports. Like there's emotions involved. Like let people. What like I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, I yeah. I think a lot of them do it anyway. But there's always going to be the purists. But I, I also don't see how this is their big slogan and pitch to get the youth. Because I don't think a bat flip is going to bring in uh bring in <laughs> bring in youth. I started watching as someone who likes baseball a lot more now than I did six months ago or a year ago. Um, and that's mainly because the Yankees being good and me like, oh, I can appreciate this now as an older person. Uh, it's 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 still strange to me. I, was, I turned on a game randomly. It was like a, I believe it was a White Sox game like a long time ago. Uh, and he had a grand slam. Tim Anderson? I don't, I don't know who, who it was. No, I have no clue. Is it a black I man? Remember. It was a long time ago. I just know there was bases loaded, and this man hit a rocket. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I didn't smile, I didn't do anything. And I'm like, this is the only sport where your greatest play, and I you got no reaction from me. If I see, uh, if I see, I yeah. saw a, a soccer goal that w- if someone bangs a top corner, I'm screaming. Whether it's it doesn't matter who it is. You know what I mean? I don't have to have that hometown thing to it. Right. So baseball is, is, is just in a position where that's the sport. And, and they just have to rely. I think they just have to rely on the people who like them, 
who is what it has a very high average age of liking them right passing it on to those kids below them and i'm sure they can do things to to i think a pitch clock is more important than the than letting people flip bats or or celebrate you know what i mean because i don't know how much the celebration is really gonna change that how much is the celebration going to bring in those young kids? That's that's what I'm concerned right. about. I think like I don't know they've been doing other things too, like nickname jerseys and stuff, like custom cleats, all that. Um, but has a dope shoe game. Right, Clint Frazier has. Incredible. They actually made a complex article about Incredible. him today. I wanted to watch that, but um, I don't know. I think like like you said, like people. Mo- I feel like baseball fans have played the game. Like appreciate the game, you know what I'm saying? Um, and like they 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 appreciate the nuances of like like pitch selection, like good at bats, like playing baseball the right way, mm. you know? Like well, like people who are casual fans of the game, like big plays, like action, and like that's not really that's baseball is a lot a very more strategic than it is anything, and people don't always like aren't necessarily fond of that. Uh, like that's how Americans are with soccer. Yeah, for the most part, like they don't. I, they, people like scoring and action and goals and like, like you can have, you can watch the best one nothing game, like twenty saves, but people see one nothing and they'll be like, "What? Come on!" Yeah, like, that's, that, yeah. But that's just the difference. Yeah, uh, it definitely. It's definitely. I can appreciate baseball now, watching it a lot more than I did three five years ago. And I think that's just right. age and understanding the strategy and how difficult it is to do these things and all and, you know all of that stuff. But it's getting into it's getting into the kids and and keeping them from their youth. That's the tricky part, and that's what baseball has to figure out. You know, that, that I don't know how we do that, how they do that, but they got to. I think it's just gonna get harder and harder, honestly. If we don't have attention. Like each generation. Yep, it's fading like a fish, <laughs> like a, a goldfish in a yep. bowl. Like they, they, it's just bad. Like even I, who love baseball, like I can't. It's also the fact that they play 162 games, so not every game yeah, matters, you know. And it's also four hours of a game. Like if the NFL is a big money maker, because it's at a time where everyone can watch it. There's one game a week, and every single game matters. Yeah, you know, it, it's and that's like their thing. People. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, there's also someone getting lined on every <laughs> single play. But, like, the reason I was talking about this whole idea is because do you see the thing with Madison Bumgarner la- the last couple days? Madison Bumgarner, fill me in. Yeah, so Madison Gum- All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, the, so the Giants were playing the um, the Dodgers in San Francisco, right? So Madison Gum- Bumgarner was pitching, and, like, he gets mad about everything. Like – he can get somebody out, and if they don't run to first base, he gets mad. Like, he's one of those guys, which doesn't make any sense to me because, like, all right, whatever. But so they're playing the Dodgers, and Max Muncy's up. And, like, have you seen San Francisco Stadium, how they yeah, have, like, like Park? McCovey Cove? No. <laughs> the like, AT&T Stadium? I don't know. They have McCovey Cove, like, the 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 water behind right field? Yeah. Yeah, you they know? have the water. Okay. Yeah, I bet you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they do. What is it? Who's, where okay, who right, plays yeah. in Candlestick Park? Candlestick Park is not played in oh. anymore. Okay. Was that the San Francisco 49ers? No. It was. The 49ers played at Candlestick. San Francisco Giants. 
What? Well, they both did. What they is did. wrong? I they saw the pursuit shared. of happiness. That's why. I'm jacking. That's why. Continue. All right. I remember the. So. I remember. I know they have the pond out there, and then there's like boats and people like. Yes. Yes. yes, and yes kayaks. kayaks. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. Bro. So basically, Max Max Bumgarner Max and Bumgarner is pitching, and he throws a pitch to Max Muncie, and this dude absolutely obliterates <laughs> his baseball, like like cranks it like into the like deep into the pond like over the kayaks. We, we can still yeah, see, right. I, like, I just saw it pass my window. Continue. The guy, the, the guy, the guy literally hits the ball, looks at it for a second, puts his bat down, not even in a flip or an egregious way, and runs around the bases. And Madison Bumgarner is like three feet from this guy. Run, run, <laughs> run! What are you doing? Don't watch it. Run. So this guy's running around the bases, and he gets the home plate. And the guy points at Madison Bumgarner, and he goes. If you don't like me watching it, go get the ball from out of the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> and I just thought that was a great point <laughs> to to conclude this podcast. To just say that if he didn't like that he was celebrating, he shouldn't have let that man hit that ball 700 <laughs> feet into the abyss is the point to make. Okay. But, yeah, that's thank the story. You. Story time with Mike. Um, that's great. Thank you. Thank you, ESPN correspondent. Um. But yeah, so that's our podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. So we covered the NBA Finals, free agency, Kevin Durant's injury. We talked a little bit about young cores in the NBA. The F- oh yeah, get well soon, man, and get well soon too, Katie. You too. Um, we talked about the Anthony Davis trade and how that can impact the league, and then we talked about a little bit about baseball and the the rules of the game and some just <laughs> funny story. <laughs> about Matthew Bumgarner getting a pitch absolutely tattooed <laughs> to the moon. But um yeah, so next next episode we'll come back. Maybe the NBA finals are done, we'll give you opinions on that and a lot more. So we'll see you next episode of Smoothie in the Bib for Michael Charles signing off. Oh, and Brian Wallace signing off as well. Have a great night, guys. Thank you. Wow, 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 wow.